Welcome to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Legendary Gear, the game called company that is legend by design. You can check them out at legendarygearusa.com, legendarygearusa.com. I'm your host, George Lynch, and I'm also the call designer and custom tuner for Legendary Gear. Our motto here, if it's not good enough for George's lanyard, it's definitely not good enough for yours. Folks, this week's guest, we're excited to have Legendary Gear Ambassador, and extraordinaire from Regina, Saskatchewan, Mr. B. Latane. B, how are you doing? Doing fine, doing fine. How about yourselves? Thanks for having me. Uh, that's okay, buddy. Checks in the mail. So, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we first met, uh, let's talk about this, but because I'm going to have you give a little introduction of uh, you're part of a group up there of guys that call themselves the slob mob. Am I correct? Yeah, that, that, that is a, a, a little bit of a, a our hunting gang, if you call it. As we get older, I guess you got to do things that make you feel younger. So um, we, we uh, came up with the name the, of the slob mob, slob mobbers, so uh, our, our waterfowl hunting crew. And uh, we've had a little fun with it here and there, so. Yeah, how many guys do you have in your crew? Oh, well, on a bad day, well, probably no less than seven or eight. Then on a good day, ten or eleven. Yeah, there's three or four of them. You kind of deep because we should have left them at home because uh, all they do is put uh, steel in the air. But you get to shoot their limits sometimes. So, <laughs> so be when does your waterfowl season start up there? Uh, starts uh, September 1st and runs through till December 15th, and then uh, we're we have a uh, spring snow goose uh, season, and it's usually May 15th to June 15th, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Now it's September 1st. April 15th. Yeah. Yeah. April till June. That sounds right. So when you September 1st, is that just uh, Canada goose, or is that Ducks too. Ducks as well. Wow. Yeah. So, are you in the Speckabelly range, or are you not west enough for Speckabellies up there, or what? There's a good flyway here. Of a lot of good uh, Canada hunting geese in and around in, in southern Saskatchewan, but the flyways uh, mainly here for the Specks, and a lot of the lessers are a little bit west of us here, up through the uh, Swift Current. Uh, north of there to the Kindersley area, there's a good flyway, and, uh, and in into the, uh, the province of Alberta, which is uh, right west of us. So, and they're on the west side of the of the good flyway with the speckle bellies and uh, the lessers. And but we get uh, we get a lot of Canadas and and a little bit of a flyway here for specks too on the eastern side of the province. And then where that's mainly where northeast is where uh, I do a majority of my waterfowl hunting is up there uh, now. So uh, it's a good area. It's, it's, it's good all over the province, but uh, the better, the better flyways are kind of on the western uh, slopes of the province and the eastern slopes of the province. Gotcha. Now, when I was up there years ago, up in Saskatchewan, we kind of found that the best fields for hunting for us up there were pea fields. Now, do you particularly, I mean, do you like the pea fields over the barley fields or what is it that, you know, what, what's your favorite type of setup in there? 
Yeah, the favorite, like my favorite is pea fields. And it depend, it's so dependent on, uh, you know, farmers, what they're planting, uh, obviously, in the spring this time of year. And uh, a lot of uh, farmers are getting away from the peas at this time just because of the grain crisis. Uh, when canola and barley and, and wheat are, are uh, you know, get, they're getting more money for that product right now. And the growing conditions too, right, is uh, that, that. I won't get into the farming aspect of it, but no, definitely uh, there's nothing better than hunting a, a nice, uh, freshly combined uh, pea field and find the geese just low to it. If you can find a pea field that uh, uh, has been uh, freshly combined, it's... Uh, it's usually a hot spot for sure. Yeah, we found that. The geese do. Yeah, the geese do love the barley and the wheat, and and uh, and get into a good barley field shoot uh, is always fun. Now, we found a field up there when you're with uh, had a pond that that, just, that was surrounded by pea field, and I'm telling you, you couldn't have stacked another duck on those ponds. Um, it was just. You know, when we went up there, it was easier just to ask the farmer where all the pea fields were. And then instead of driving yeah, miles it, and, and scouting, just ask the farmer, yeah. where's all the pea fields? But I'll never forget that pea field. It was, like I said, it was a pond that, that, that kind of bordered the pea field. And then the ducks were just jumping from, you know, the pond to the to the peas. But um, we didn't have much luck up there in Canola. Do, do you have any luck? I mean, do you see, the, is that the same thing no. for you there? Rarely seen geese in canola fields. They, they, it's not a, it's not an appetite for them. And uh, also, when they cut the stubble, they cut it so high that uh, they, they have a hard time landing in it. And they, it's just, it just doesn't appeal to the geese. I've never had the geese in a canola field or a waterfowl. Period. Isn't that about where usually where you're going to find your moose? Yeah, moose, elk. Um, your whitetail, your deer, your mule deer, uh, they love that canola come late August when it's in fresh bloom. It's a little bit sweeter taste for them. So, yeah. Yeah, that's when the big game, the big game love the canola. Well, you come on with legendary yeah. gear, and we're so proud to have you. How is, uh, how effect has legendary gear helped you in this year hunting up there in Saskatchewan? Oh, it's been great. Uh, once I got a hold of those calls, uh, and I've used several calls in my life, and I don't proclaim to be the uh, whatsoever uh, a good waterfowl caller, but I, I get by, and I just found that, you know, when I tell people, they say, we're looking for waterfowl calls, looking for waterfowl calls, and uh, I, I do an avid caller and uh, whatnot, but I, I say these calls are... They're gorgeous looking, and I said they sound and they're easier to use better than they look, if you can believe that or not. And I've had uh, lots of guys demo mine and, and uh, use mine and uh, go through the their rhythms and their way they're doing it, and they say, my goodness, this is, I'm not out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And some of us guys are getting a little bit older in that sense, so... And, and to, to make them work and to make them operate is, I found they're the, they're the best I've ever used. And also, you know, the, the people that have used, that have tried mine, you say, my goodness, uh, yeah, they, they are the ease of use, ease of use, and the sound quality is the second to none, you know, so it's, uh, 
Yeah, they're very, they're, they're, uh, they're a darn good call. I'll tell you that. They're the best in my mind. Well, I appreciate that. My wife has a great uh, motto yep. saying that it's, uh, it's all in the sound. And it's so true. I mean, yeah. it, it's uh, we're doing shows and guys will come up there and man, I like that call and she, you know, it's all in the sound and it is. I mean, it's one of the things that I use. You, you'll see those posts all over. You know, what's the easiest call? What's the best call to run? And then you're gonna get, yeah. you know, some guy will ask about a call and there'll be 20 different answers or 50 different answers. And one of the analogies I use a lot is that you know what when I started. It's easy to design a call that I like. The the challenge of a call maker is making several calls at different styles that different people might like and for different and every call is designed for a different purpose. And that is the challenge yeah, and that's what makes a call maker. And I use again, you know, General Motors doesn't make one car, they make several cars. And um, the old thought, you know, takes uh, you can't build a house with a hammer. So it's you know, we, yeah. it's it's different yeah, aspects, right. and it's the same way with duck. As we look at ducks, you know, we we got different duck calls that we got cut downs, we got double reads, we got single reads, and it's just all the different for preference. Um, you know, it's not being a one-dimensional but a three-dimensional guy or company when we're out there trying to design the calls for hunting. But uh, what would you say would be your best? Is probably your peak time up there for waterfowl. And it all depends on the years. There's some years the geese are, are more flocked up than earlier in September, uh, other than the late. Uh, I, I usually go with between the 15th of September to the 1st of November. Uh, that first couple of weeks of uh, September, you find the, the family flocks that are, that are still together and they haven't really joined in with other. We've got scattered geese kind of earlier in the year. And then, but I like that uh, that September fifteenth till the October, late November area era there where they're on little bit bigger bodies of water and they're more flocked up and uh, they're getting anywhere between a thousand to twenty five hundred, three thousand geese in a field, uh, you know, and they're feeding the field regularly for two three days and then you're pretty much guaranteed a one heck of a shoot then. Well, they're concentrating up because pretty much all the, the small water is froze out by then, and so it's forcing them to the to concentrate at the bigger water that isn't freezing. And so I'd, I would imagine by late November, you guys are starting to freeze up pretty good, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Some of the bigger uh, bigger bodies of water, like the lakes and the bigger, deeper sloughs, uh, two years ago they were – we've had a couple dry years, but we've had a really good spring this year, so – uh, a couple of years ago, yeah, everything was frozen by October 15th, so a lot of birds had moved moved on out, uh, headed back south. So it made uh, it made it a little bit challenging. You had to you know go a little further to to uh, find birds on bigger water on the roosts, and uh, made the scouting aspect of it a little bit more challenging than just out your back door. Well, I noticed on your Facebook there, you ought to be pretty excited about this year. You got that chocolate puppy, man. That thing is growing quick. Yeah, he's getting to be a he's getting to be a bit of a horse. So no, I lucked out. He's a, he's a good looking dog, and uh, looking forward to working with him this fall. That's for sure. Now, are you doing most of your own training with him? Yeah, I've I've, uh, I've usually kept to just training my own labs and uh, and each for their own in that sense. But I've had good luck with training and. Uh, I'm not making him a, a field trial dog or anything like that. I just want him to, 
to listen, retrieve birds, and uh, be able to carry back them, uh, them 15, 18, 20 pound hawkers. Uh, so I don't have to go out and get them anymore. <laughs> well, I tried to train my wife, but that's why I ended up having to go to a dog. She just she said, that's it. She's not going to carry my honkers. She draws a limit right. at, at carrying the honker. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, you can, you can yell at your dog, and he loves you two minutes later. I don't know. Last time I yelled at my wife, it was a couple days before... I got a smile, so. <laughs> we, used to have, we used to have a president of the company I worked for. He used to call those a CEM. And you'd say, what's that? He says, a career-ending move. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, I tell the story. was, And it's a true story. It was an old man once told me. He said, boy, you want to know who loves you more, your dog or your woman? Put them both in your trunk of your car for three hours, and when you open it, see which one's happy to see you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which one's not going to bite you. <laughs> exactly. So what time, yeah, and you know, sure. you're also a big game hunter, and you got a trophy that would be the envy of a lot of big game hunters. So um, when do you start, do you make a switch, or you just kind of bounce back and forth, or when you go in big game yeah. uh, mindset, do you just kind of stay on the big game to shoot one, or when do you switch over? It's definitely an addiction hunting and uh, there's that era of uh, between the end of the end of uh, waterfall season and then spring. So I jump right into the big game, and, and black bear in Saskatchewan is considered a big game animal. So uh, we uh, we get into we dust off the the hunting addiction a little bit with some uh, spring black bear, and then. That uh, that ends up there's a spring season and a fall season, so we're just ending up our spring season here on the 30th of June. It closes down for the spring. Well, Mark. so uh, between that, then I hit the uh, I hit the mule deer uh, spotting season. Kind of starts the deer starting to develop, and uh, so that rolls into most of July and August, and our early archery elk season opens up august uh, 25th now so yeah a lot it boils down a lot of spotting a lot of a lot of uh a lot of travel you know here and there to your areas that you've got pinned out and that you've studied for years and and then uh it's you find that you find that particular white tailor mule deer during the summer so you you, you uh you get addicted to uh keeping an eye on him and them and their traveling routes so it, uh, it kind of consumes you. So it falls into archery, elk, and then into all the goose. The waterfall season opens up on the 1st of September. So, And then our open elk season opens up here in Saskatchewan. It's a resident-only uh, open over-the-counter tag in some zones. So that starts the 15th to the 30th, which is a rifle season. You're drawn for, you know, our mule deer is on a draw system here. So the mule deer is a, a lot of people are after, you know, big mule deer in this province. We, we harvest some of the, we grow some of the biggest mule deer in North America here. And uh, so that, and it's the draw season. So if you're drawn for that, it, uh, it brings up a, another dilemma of what are you going to hunt. So you have to put your, dot your I's, cross your T's, and then get your priorities of what uh, you yourself uh, are in for hunting for. So 
there's also draw season for elk and moose and, and whatnot. And there's also open season for moose. So the varieties are endless here for, for hunting. That's it's just it. a matter of uh, personal of, uh, personal uh, opinion and, or personal choice on what you want to hunt, right? Well, you know, everybody talks about living in Iowa, which we do have it, you know, but it's, you're, we're, you're hunting one thing, it's, it's a giant whitetails, and, you know, you're blessed to live in an area that has moose, black bear, elk, you know, mule deer, whitetail, and then uh, yeah. world-class waterfowl, so you're kind of right in the mecca of it, you know, it's one thing. Yeah, I, there, there's no complaining, and, and uh, it's, it's, they call it the land of the living skies, and it sure is, it's, it's, uh, Saskatchewan's a, a you couldn't be you couldn't be more blessed being in a place for if you like the outdoors and seeing animals and and hunting and just being at the outdoors period the, the, the that landscape is here is, it changes so much that it uh it holds a lot of beautiful animals yeah a lot of critters so of everything you're hunting of all the top big game that you happen to be there what is your favorite to hunt my, my particular favorite is is the mule deer. I, I uh, spent some time growing up in southern Saskatchewan, pretty close to the Montana border. So there's a lot of big mule deer in that area. I've been uh, fortunate enough to to know get to know a lot of landowners and and be able to hunt and, and hunt down there. And every year you want to kind of do it yourself. And like I said, draw season. Years ago, when there wasn't so much hunting and applicant competition, you you were pretty lucky or pretty uh, sure that you were going to get get a tag every four years. But now that tag, you know, you're putting in you've got an extra twenty, thirty, forty thousand applicants, maybe for that zone. You're lucky to get a tag once the once every six to eight to ten years, maybe wow. even twelve years nowadays. So. Yeah, you find your target buck or target bucks, and if uh, you're lucky enough, um, you hunt that deer. But no, mule deer to me is uh, is probably top top, definitely top three for sure. Number one out of the out of my three favorites. But with the does the whitetail then probably doesn't get as much pressure as the mule deer. So is that does that leave for you know bigger whitetail bucks? Well, the, the the whitetail do get, the, and the reason being, they get more pressure than the mule deer. Is that our whitetail is is an old, is what we call an over the counter tag. So anybody that's hunting can buy, just purchase a whitetail license, a resident or you know a Canadian resident, and then a non Canadian resident. But the non Canadian resident needs to go through an outfitter. So but I mean, in, in Saskatchewan, uh, any anyone can just go buy a whitetail tag and go whitetail hunt. So it's, 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 uh, there's more pressure on the whitetail just for that fact. And with our draw system for mule deer, it's, there's only so many tags that are allotted for each zone in the problem. So it, uh, it, I think the whitetail have more pressure than the mule deer. Gotcha. What, uh, for predators up there, do you, they have the wolves as well as the bear? Yeah, certain areas of the province we've got uh, wolves. Uh, like my my uh, my hunting cabin is uh, just about four hours north here, northeast of Regina, north of Yorkton, where you were at. Another another hour and a half, two hours. 
lots of wolves uh, throughout the province. Uh, the bears, they're not so much, uh, the bears are usually hibernating and then they're, they're in the spring, they're coming out. So they're not much of a predator against our wild game, but, um, the deer, they're coyotes are hard on the fawns, deep snow, a lot of snow cover this year in the Northern part of the province. And it was a cold winter. So I think our whitetail population is going to decrease just when it was back on a really good return. But other than that, for present, the odd, the odd cougar uh, in the south uh, that comes in and out of some of the national parks there, they say they travel, and they're traveling up through uh, Montana and whatnot. So there's been lots of cougar sighting. There's been a few shot. But other than that, for predators, for our deer, it's uh, mainly coyotes and, and wolves. Ever had a close call with any of the wolves or no? Uh, no close calls with wolves. I've seen quite a few in the wild. I've taken some nice pictures of a few, and uh, there's been, not not in my end, uh, a few grizzly bears in the Yukon at one point, but uh, no, uh, <laughs> no, no wolves, no close call of wolf encounters. Well, you know what you said, you mentioned Yukon, U- and I noticed there on your Facebook, you were originally lived in Whitehorse? <laughs> Yeah, I lived in three communities up there. I lived in the Whitehorse, Yukon, Ross River, and, and Watson Lake. So I spent, uh, oh, from the age of four till I was 12 in the Yukon. So I experienced a lot of good hunting up there with my dad and, and uh, learned a lot of stuff about hunting up there. And it was, uh, it was quite the experience. And and it was good, and I was uh, fortunate enough to go back in my teens. I drew, took off up the Alaskan Highway from from Saskatchewan here and did a couple of years of guiding in Northwest Territories, just on the other side of the Yukon border, Northwest Territories border. So that was a uh, great experience, uh, doll sheep, caribou, moose, and uh, grizzly yeah. hunts. You've done it all, it brother. A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot of good learning and and uh, it was a very, very, uh, learned a lot there. Well, my bucket list, I mean, I've heard so much growing up that the White Horse Yukon is probably some of the best uh, hunting in the world for North American big game. And yeah, I've always have been my bucket list was to kill a Yukon moose. Yeah, that's still on my bucket list as well. I've watched quite a few get shot from my dad and some of the some of the guys that uh, that were up there at the outfit and whatnot but no it's still on my bucket list too as well big beautiful majestic giant animals alaska yukon moose i can't i mean it's just it's breathtaking i just can't imagine you know watching my arrow at 30 yards fly through the side it just always said that would be that would be ultimate i always wanted to have a friend uh mike mittens his name and he's with uh he does solo hunts, you know, he's a traditional archer and he goes to Alaska and he does these, dude, he goes in two, three weeks and gets dropped off and does these solo hunts and he is crazy. He's oh. killed a 70 inch moose. He packs it out. He's done some videos. He's got a, the collections called primal dreams. And you know, I've always said that it's on my bucket list. I want to go to Alaska. I'm going to do a solo hunt until I went and saw Leonardo DiCaprio in the, uh, reverence <laughs> that part where the yeah. grizzly bear gets smacks the living crap i said okay we're done we're, i'm taking about three or four buddies 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's it takes a different individual, no doubt about that. But how does, is your wife and family? I mean, is she? How does she handle all the hunting? Is that just a normal way of life for the women of the north? Well, for some, some are some are so easy with it. I wasn't married until a little bit later on in life, so it, uh, I was in my, I think I was 30, no, 32, and uh, I just kind of laid it on a line to begin with, and this is kind of who I am, what I do, and this is my my hobby and passion in life. Hockey never worked out for me, so uh, <laughs> I turned, it, turned out, and I've been hunting since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, two or three years old, and I said, I like to hunt. I said, from pretty much September 1st till Christmas, um, I'm not going to be around a whole bunch. I'll be here and there and back and forth. So uh, take it or leave it. And, <laughs> and uh, she took it. So I don't know if she's regrets it or hasn't told me she's regretted it. But <laughs> so I'm pretty, pretty lucky that way. No, my, wife, my wife's very understanding. So And... Uh, you know, and, and for some people, hunting is is a getaway. You know, it's it's oh, it's very it's relaxing when you're either alone or with your buddies. You're having fun, and, and uh, it's it's not all about the killing. It's it's just being away, getting away from work, the, you know, life and and everything else. Not that you're running from anything, but it's a good. It's it, people will hopefully will understand where I'm getting at it. It's it's like medication, you know, for some people. Uh, to me, you're right. It's about being one with God. I mean, you're with your your Creator, the Maker. I mean, you watch the sunset and you watch how everything has a purpose and how you know it supplies food and how we feed ourselves and clothe ourselves. If you had to, I mean, it's all absolutely. I mean, it's, it is. I my best uh, closest to God is sitting in a tree stand or sitting in a blind and or you know it, it is. It's it's true. So. Do you have any kids? Well, I have a nine-month-old lab, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I have a seven-year-old daughter, and a 12-year-old boy. So his, his first year uh, oh, that's cool. hunting was this year, uh, legal hunting, like not coming out hunting, but this year he rode his hunter safety. So we've been uh, we've been after the majestic black bear for his first big game animal. He wants to outdo me because I didn't shoot a black bear until later on in life, and so we've been we've been sitting in the stands and and uh, he passed up a couple nice ones the other night and he thought they were just a little bit too young and he wanted to get a more mature bear so I give him kudos for that absolutely and uh, he, yeah he's into the hunting and uh, yeah it was his first experience with the bear that was nibbling at nibbling at our feet at the bottom of the tree stand so we had a he had a good time and and. And uh, he's enjoying it, looking forward. We're trying to get out the last the last day here is Thursday evening, so we're going to try to get out in the stand uh, that night and get him a poke at the one he calls Molly. So <laughs> uh, you, uh, a big 500-pound old dry, dry sow. That's and, a huge uh, sow. Hopefully he gets a crack at her. Yeah. yeah, it's time for the old girl to go. Now, let me ask you this, B. Is, is he faster at the foot than you are? 
Yeah, and that's, you know, he tells me the joke all the time. You know, yeah. I'll pass to be over at a bear, and he said, just pass it in the guy next to you. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's said, probably well, why he, make sure. <laughs> he's been so relaxing is that he knows he's one step faster than you. <laughs> that's right. And they probably got a lot well, more meat too. off you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he's, got, he's in shape. Yeah, he's, he's 12 and in shape. So, uh, yeah, he's not quite as scared of the heights. Not scared of heights like I am. It takes me ten minutes to crawl up the tree stand. <laughs> I get I get three rungs up on that ladder, and I got to change my shorts sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of the heights. Yeah, you guys, uh, and I know this when we were in Yorkton. Uh, I'm trying to remember the guy at the archery store. Man, he, he tell me about all these big walleyes they caught up there, and I said I could go up just to fish. Are you a a fisherman too? You know, I'm a self-proclaimed for a fisherman, but yeah, you know, I, I enjoy fishing and, and normally we're on a, me and some of the boys, we take off for a weekend and we head up to LaRange to a place called uh, Hunter's Bay Lodge. Me and the boys. And uh, we, did, we didn't make it up there this year or last year, but no, I enjoy fishing uh, when I get the chance to do it. My wife and kids love to fish, so uh that's a bucket list that shouldn't, it's not a bucket list. It's something I get to take them in on a nice fly-in or a nice drive-in uh, fishing trip. They'd really enjoy it. So, And I haven't done it yet, so I'm kicking myself in the butt for it. I'm going to say, man, you got some of the best fishing. Hunting, you're right in the middle of all of it. That is awesome. Yeah. The you're fishing right. here is, un, is unbelievable. And actually, there's, there's really good fishing right outside of Regina here, some of the that's walleye fishing, Last Mountain Lake and uh, Coppell Valley Chain Lakes all have amazing, amazing fishing. And uh, but I, the way that the way the hunting and and the prices for everything is going on, you can only have so many hobbies. And, uh, Absolutely. Some guys will spend. Uh, I I enjoy going fishing. I do that with fishing rod, but I usually go out with buddies that have a boat or something along those lines. And, I'll trade him a fishing trip for a honker hunt in the fall, which works out pretty good. They closed the borders for two years, so the outfitters were hurting for the last, you know, a couple of years. I mean, the bear yeah. population, you have your spring bear hunters, and, and there was a lot of Americans up hunting this year. And, you know, people from, you know, you know all over the world, a, a good friend of mine, Blair Mitchell, guides for SCI outfitters there north of, north of uh, Priestville. But they they had they were fully booked this fall or this spring and uh, they've got they had did have some when the COVID restrictions lightened up here last fall they did have uh, waterfowl hunters up as well but and some whitetail hunters so this year is a different story the the restrictions are a little bit better they were the the bear camp was full this spring but no the last two years it. Uh, there was no, there was no hunters from the from the states here. There's, there's you sometimes you run into a lot of uh, uh, even freelance hunters from the uh, the states that come up and they're hunting and uh, and whatnot. And then the outfitting guys, they couldn't have outfitting, uh, couldn't open their businesses, right? So it took a toll, but uh, it didn't hurt the the populations are still. It, regardless of the hunters, the bird population is amazing. And the bear population is going to absolutely explode with, I think there's, uh, there's over a thousand tags issued to outfitters here for bears, if not more. I, I'm not even sure the exact number. So, wow. 
And it's very rare, very rare that you don't fill your bear tank here at, at an outfitter camp, like at an outfitter camp. So the bear, the bear population the next three to five years is going to be astronomical. So they've even started offering a second, a second bear tank to Saskatchewan residents. So you purchase your first one, and there's a discounted price on a second one. Yeah, I know. During that uh, two years there, that that a lot of guys who went to Canada, I mean. North Dakota got bombarded. I mean, North Dakota just got hammered, and you know, people, guys. I mean, they had guys saying they never ran into people. There was people all over because they weren't going to Canada. They were going to North Dakota instead. And uh, yeah, absolutely, no. So what's I this? Believe it. What's this uh, summer? What's the the, the fall going to look like for you? I mean, do you uh, do you practice calling very much? Do you do? When do you start your scouting for the geese? The geese, uh, I usually, the, the geese where, where I'm hunting now, I bought a 15-acre acreage property, like I mentioned earlier, north of York. And so uh, the scouting, it, it, I usually start, you see geese all year round. Like there's geese flying around up there now. But, uh, I mean, the scouting just kind of starts a little bit closer to the, the within a couple weeks. of. I see the geese, you know, up up until the season starts every day so you kind of know where they're at so you're kind of always scouting geese when you're out scouting other animals or or checking your whitetail baits or you're prepping for your archery elk uh, season and that sort of thing but the, the geese and ducks are abundant they're there there's not a lot of hard work in scouting the geese and ducks there from that part but yeah i need the I spend more time driving down the highway practicing my calling and, uh, <laughs> and uh, recording myself and playing it back and saying, holy smokes, I'm not calling donkeys here. I'm calling, supposed to be calling geese. <laughs> I think we need to so, do a uh, FaceTime once a week with the Slob Mob group here. We'll, we'll do, I'll, I'll cover goose calling. We'll cover duck calling. We'll talk about women behind their backs. We can... We can... <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. We can... <laughs> We can make that happen. No, What's I, I, I think this year we're gonna do a little bit more FaceTime, FaceTime live from the goose blinds and that sort of thing. I think that'd They're, be cool. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Where we're at though, the the cell coverage, cellular service is, is poor. It, it, you know, it's horrible. Half the time you don't have a you don't have a signal, so you you can't kind of do that sort of thing. But. But uh, we'd like to we'd like to do a little bit more of that. But again, hey, uh, depending on where you're at. Yeah, I think sometimes not having a cell signal is a blessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's kind of nice when you're there and your phone's not going off and you're not checking this and yeah, uh, that sort of thing. It's uh, you need to turn your mind off to everything and enjoy uh, enjoy the outdoors. Enjoy the outdoors. The only thing that's on your mind is when they're going to fly and when they're going to stop. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. Said. So, give me uh, your one all-time favorite mule deer hunt, one all-time whitetail, and your favorite goose hunt. Oh boy! Well, I'll start with mule deer. Well, I, it was uh, 2018 was the last year I was drawn, and I seen a, a beautiful deer three years prior. And he wasn't as big as I thought he was going to get. And we saw him the second year. 
So we kind of nicknamed him Houdini. And uh, I happened to get drawn that year and tracked him down again. I kind of had the idea where he was. And uh, ended up shooting him at 10 yards with my muzzle loader. And, and he ended up scoring uh, 233 inches. He's just a big kind of a mini red stag looking mule deer, horns and thick, heavy all over. So that, that's one of my, my all time. And then the previous year, my brother was drawn for mule deer. And he's not, he's not uh, an avid hunter like myself. He's more of the avid photographer. So he tags along with his nice camera. But he drew a tag the year before and shot a really nice, beautiful mule deer. So there was two years in a row there that were pretty special, actually. He, he shot a big, beautiful mule deer, and, and I was able to take him on that, and then myself. And I've got a few archery deer that uh, that uh, are all over that 210, 220 uh, wow. range. Cause you can, there's another tag that you can buy over the counter if you're a Saskatchewan resident. And the uh, archery season starts... Uh, September 1st, uh, and it runs right till October 15th. Hmm. And as for whitetail, oh, I'd have to go back quite a few years. There's been so many good whitetail hunts, not necessarily killing, but just, just the fun and, and enjoyment of the hunts and traveling in different parts of the province. The southeast uh, corner of our province uh, brings out a lot of big whitetail deer. And uh, hunt with my dad and his buddies and, and whatnot and a few friends. And, and what we would do is, is a lot of bush pushing. So you'd uh, push bush and you'd be the person on point. Or if you were lucky enough to draw that straw, usually send the young guys in the bush, right? So um, a lot of bush pushing and out, out they come. And fortunate enough to, to shoot a, a really nice uh, non-typical white tail. And I have yet to outdo him, but... Shot a, shot a few nice women crockets since then, and uh, it's not always how big they are, but it's the fun of the hunt and whatnot. Well, that's and, how the uh, Milo Hansen buck was killed. The world record whitetail was up in Saskatchewan on a bush pull push. Yeah, yeah, bigger Saskatchewan. Yeah, Milo's my Milo's quite the character, and uh, yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful deer. Yep. So, and uh, then uh, waterfowl, boy, boy, oh boy, waterfowl hunts, uh, honking hunts, I could go on and on and on. But uh, some, you know, like I said, growing up, picking up being the bird dog from four, four, three, four, five, six years old, those are always a great time. And then uh, some enjoyable ones are, uh, and, I, and I learned a lot from my dad and his buddies hunting geese, and they killed tens of thousands of honkers over their, over their years. And, Oh, I bet they have. Hunt with them and, and then taking our kids out, uh, uh, a buddy of mine's got three daughters and, and uh, getting out with them and, and just taking, enjoying, you know, taking other people out hunting for the first time that never went goose hunting and, they, and just watching the enjoyment and, and the fun that they can have doing it is, is more, it's better to me now. It's, like it's, it's, it's more enjoyable for me to do that and it's not because I'm self-proclaiming to be uh, uh, the best hunter in the world or any. I'm far from it, but I've, I've shot enough. It's like it's nice to watch and enjoy other people that enjoy what you enjoy doing. Especially and young kids. Them, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Like our kids just had a blast, you know, running after a, uh, the odd wounded bird and they're flipping and flapping and 
and uh, scared to pick them up sort of thing. We were, all, I think we were all a little bit hesitant in, in our day to, to grab your first wounded goose. They're, they're tough. <laughs> so, you, go, you goose for them. You goose for them. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So. Yeah, they're in Canada. I'm sure it's like when I was up there, every day was spectacular, you know, pretty much, if you yeah. hit it right. Um, now, do they allow non-resident whitetail hunting up there? They do. Uh, if you're a Canadian resident, uh, you need to be guided. And if you're an American resident, you need to be through an outfit. Some of your... Uh travels this summer as you're traveling around if you ever notice a great big giant out there see if my name's etched on the side of him yeah yeah we'll, we'll pre-stamp you tag for him <laughs> i would love to shoot it i would love to shoot you know i'd like to kill the, the mule deer and the elk and the moose and all that but i a, a big whitetail would be attainable you know being able to come up there and and just say i killed one canadian giant that would be awesome I'd love to come up there yeah, and shoot absolutely. some honkers with you. No, that, that and that that's always the open invitation, yeah. And uh, everybody on the gear team there, the legendary gear team, know that that offer. I'll put it out there again. Uh, to just just get up here is basically all you got to do. So, lots of room to stay, and there's lots of birds to shoot. So, you know that would I be mean, cool. Averaging that would be cool to do a little there. ambassador hunt with everybody up there, huh? Yeah, it, it, well, whoever could make it, right? That's right. Commitments and, and other things. So there's the invitation. Just getting your getting your trucks or fly up. The way the dollar is, it's a sure. It, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't break the bank. That's for sure. Uh, I think we're our Canadian dollar is at an all time just about an all time low right now. So uh, compared to the American dollar, so it's. Uh, Definitely doable, and like I said, there's uh, room and board and and uh, lots of fun. Uh, I can hear it now. Be short not to have. Yeah, life's too short not to have a little fun. So exactly, I can hear it now. I can hear it. My wife would be going, "Where's George? Where did? Hey, where's Lynch at? Ah, uh, he saw a big yeah. buck this morning. He kind of peeled <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he said he's going." two-stepping <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right that's right well buddy i appreciate oh, that'd be great if, if a crew could come up that's for sure it would be it'd be a great uh, good time and, and if you never experienced a, a canadian sunset with waterfowl in in canada it's you'll never experience it again because it's duck hunting and all that stuff i mean there's some good spots and i've been on some yeah. great hunts but the amount of waterfowl that you see in canada is just it's breathtaking and and i'd say yeah, north dakota is probably the only state that comes close to that you know um yeah but brother i appreciate uh you spending your time with opening your door with my wife and i and share some a little light Absolutely. to our listeners about you know, watching yeah. your stuff on facebook and your post and the, the game that you get and i'm i look at this and, and drooling at some of your big mule deer and the white tails and you know, and to you guys, that's it is a way of life up there. I've got a lot of friends up there. It's just, you know, they hunt big bucks and they they do it right and they, they spend their time. And you're definitely one of them. And I hope that we get to come up yeah, there. It's, it's enjoyable. Yeah, I hope I hope uh, we can make her work one of these years for sure. Anytime. Or have a hunt down here sometime. You know, we'll have to have you sneak down to the I south know. of the border. I, 
I would love to, to get somewhere else and not just for a change, you know. Yeah. You'll you'll be you'll, be, yeah. you'll go back home and kiss the ground you live on. You came. But uh, hey, I appreciate oh, no. your time and um, like Absolutely. I said. Anytime. Yep, and folks, I hope you enjoy this. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please subscribe. We're on what nine different platforms, Di? You enjoy it, please subscribe and and um, we thank all you spending your time again with B. Latain from Regina, Saskatchewan, all the way from the north. And um, folks, if always remember, hunt safe, hunt smart, and may the good Lord be your guide. Well, I'll be out there, rain is shining, all a part of the great design. Bring it on, I can never get enough, because that's what legends are made of.